Stand by for a message from the United Kingdom's Ambassador of Retro Gaming. Hello, UK Mike from the Retro Gaming Roundup podcast here to tell you about the Jerry Rig Media Center. In a world where all the cool kids sat sweaty in front of their cell phones and computers, he brought the party to the living room where they watched telly and played retro games with comfortably dry bums. The Jerry Rig Media Center comes preloaded with 332 add-ons, which allow you to legally watch thousands of TV shows and movies. The community portal allows you to choose from thousands more add-ons to customize your experience. Furthermore, with the Jerry Rig Silver Gaming Edition, you can play all the retro games you have a legal right to play from over 20 classic retro consoles. So UK, that was pretty good. Are you going to finish those fries? I know it was. What did you expect? This is a paying gig. And that's none of your damn business, by the way. And I'd appreciate it if you stayed out of my personal affairs. Thank you very much. Are we done? Oh, visit jerryrig.com for more details. That's jri-rig.com. Once more for the slow, jerryrig.com. That's jri-rig.com for more details. Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 43. Uh, this is one of your regular, your regular hosts, Greg. I'm also joined by my other regular host, George. That's me. And today we're also honored to have a special guest host, Don Nicholas Baldrige. Um, so Nick, like say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, you may know Nick from another podcast that he does, which is... The For Amusement Only EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. Which I thought for the longest time actually was like two different podcasts because that long name. So. Long enough to have an and in the name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the pinball podcast and then there's the bingo podcast. 
Oh, bingo would be so boring to do. <laughs> bingo pinball, on the other hand, is another matter. Is interesting, yes. Um, you know, um, um, I need to. I definitely need to spend more time listening to Nick's podcast. I, I've only listened to a few episodes, but it's a very good podcast. Like, I really love the um, your lean depth material that you bring to the podcast and kind of research the research you have on it and the passions you have with like, the older games. Thank you very much. Um, but Nick also. But Nick also likes to branch out just like to like you know video games also. Um, so um, Nick actually had contacted me through email uh, uh, through email a while back, giving some feedback about the episode that we did a while back uh, on Super Pinball Behind the Mask uh, that Ferg was a guest host on. And uh, and during the during the email conversation, I asked you know I asked Nick if he had any interest to, interest in coming on the podcast to talk about to to, to, to talk about to talk about the Super NES game uh, because he mentioned he was a fan of the podcast. Um, so he gave me a list. I'm going down his list. I'm going like covered, covered, plan to cover. What the hell is this thing? So, um, so, uh, uh, so it seemed like a great chance to have Nick to come on to talk about a, one of the more obscure, I think for sure, Super NES games that he has in history with, um, because we love to cover obscure games on this podcast. Just as much as we could, just as much as we love to cover, uh, popular games. No, um, this is right up your alley, Greg. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to be talking about um, the the late Super NES game, like Incantation, like this episode, uh, which was developed and published just like published by Titus, uh, the Super NES Worldwide, in December of 1996. Uh, this is also this is also the latest Super NES game that we covered in this podcast. Uh, so, like so this episode, will be interesting to be interesting to talk about uh, uh, on separate angles, you know, for separate angles at least. So. Um, so, Nick, why don't you start off by telling us first, first, please, you know, a little bit about yourself um, and how you got into pinball and video games? Sure. Um, well, I am um, a relatively young man of 33, and um, I uh, got into pinball and arcade games, of course, during their real heyday in the 80s. You know, I grew up in the arcades and uh, spent every possible quarter that I could there. And, um, when, uh, I was about five years old, I got a Nintendo entertainment system and, uh, I've really been in love with Nintendo and Nintendo games ever since then. And of course I loved Nintendo games in the arcade as well. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, as far as pinball goes, I've, I've always played pinball. My parents, played pinball and um uh it was just a really fun thing growing up and as i got older um i started uh wishing that i could play more and more and uh in about 2000 pinball really started to go away uh you stopped seeing it in arcades in the mall and so forth uh mall arcades in general just started to go away and uh, the one and two off games that you'd find in like a laundromat or whatever, uh, those also started to disappear. And, you know, that kind of made me a little sad because uh, I used to play quite a bit around town. I'll tell you what, we have laundromats over here that still have old arcade machines. Yeah, so. you know, you'll find a Miss Pac-Man around, but it's really rare. There's one laundromat that has a pinball machine in, in my area, Richmond, Virginia. So um, it's just kind of interesting. But uh, eventually, my wife started working with this guy who collected pinball. 
and he had four machines. He had a couple of flipper games, and uh, he took me into the back, and he had these two bingo games. And uh, those are incredibly fascinating machines. They're very, very complex electromechanical machines. And uh, for those not in the know, there's basically two types of pinball. There's electromechanical, which uh, uses switches and relays and so forth to act as kind of the brains of the game. And then there's solid state, which is uh, computer-controlled, essentially. And uh, when I was growing up, uh, solid-state machines had been in effect for years. You know, they really started coming on the scene in 1976 to 78, depending on the manufacturer. So I was born in 83. They were already well entrenched. So all this is like a fascinating new world to me. And um, A whole new when I, world? A whole new world. I sang the song, uh, <laughs> you know, comb my hair, uh, thrust myself up onto the rock, and the waves crashed. It was, it was really magical. So... Um, I got my legs, and uh, I ended up uh, starting looking around to see if I could get a machine. And uh, I found an electromechanical machine, a flipper game, and um, really dug into that and loved it. And then I started looking for more. It's kind of a, a disease that way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I, I, my second machine was a bingo. And I uh, restored that one, and uh, then... Kind of the desire for more bingos set in. <laughs> um, they are really, really fascinating. So uh, they're kind of maligned in the pinball community. Um, they were uh, gambling devices, and uh, they were really what made pinball illegal in most jurisdictions. And so a lot of people don't have any love for them because of that, and really it's a historical perspective that causes that. You know, it's kind of an ingrained culture thing. And so I wanted to start my show to kind of talk about that. And so I have. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely. The history of pinball is definitely fascinating. I mean, it's a very, like, rich, detailed history. The history, 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 history that I highly encourage anybody out there listening who doesn't really know anything about, like, to do some research on, you know, read up on. There's, there's, there's several very good articles online and several books published about it. And it's really a fascinating history, just like, you know, you know, the ups and downs and just the whole, just the whole, like, making pinball legal and if you're legal and then the effort to make legal again and everything else from that, it, you know, it's fascinating stuff. It is. And, and of course every state was different and, um, every state, uh, outlawed it in a different way. And so you have variations, these crazy variations in the games that were produced because of that. Um, not just in the bingo realm, but you know, in, in flipper pinball as well. So kind of interesting stuff. It's, it's uh, it's also interesting. It's also interesting, like to hear that you live in Virginia, because like you know, it seems like a small world to me. Because the fact that I also know another big pinball collector, um, you know, Scott Schreiber, uh, like in the uh, Retro Gaming Roundup uh, podcast, also lives in Virginia. Oh, he does. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He also, yeah, he's also a huge pinball guy. Um, just like he was like he was like a. I I'm not even right. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even sure how many like how many tables that how many tables he has now, but um, yeah, but. Yeah, but yeah, but he spends a lot of time like restoring, restoring, fixing the muscles. So it's like to hear you hear two guys, two guys in the same state is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of us here. There's a few different uh, podcasts that deal with pinball directly, and there's a couple of hosts from uh, Richmond actually, which is it's a small world. Um, but yeah, so I've been uh, restoring and fixing pinball machines 
Um, I do service calls for people around town. Um, I help people on the internet and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very good of you to do because that's definitely a lost art. Like if I anybody, you find anybody who has the skills both to maintain old arcade games and also old pinball games. And she's becoming really, really hard to find these days. I agree. <laughs> so how many, so how many, so is your collection limited, limited, limited to just pinball machines? Or do you have some like arcade machines too as well? I don't have any stand up arcade machines uh, at the moment. The, the closest that I had was a baby Pac-Man, which is a hybrid video game. I always like that machine. game. I don't know. I like it too. It, yeah, but I always liked it. Yeah, uh, it's it's brutally difficult. It is, it is difficult. Yes, uh, um, George, that you poor this baby. One? No, I haven't. The pin. Uh, yeah, Baby Pac Man is a very interesting hybrid game. Where it's like half the game is half the game plays like a regular Pac Man game, okay. and you know every now and then, um, I believe the conditions are when you collect a certain number of pellets. I think is what triggers you dropping down to the pinball table. There's actually, uh, you know, on regular Pac-Man, there's the tunnel that goes from left to right? Yes. Uh, well, on baby Pac-Man, there's two additional tunnels at the bottom. Oh, that's what's okay. All right. if you go down, it brings you to the pinball right. machine. And the deal with this is uh, the regular Pac-Man maze, there are no power pellets by default. You have to earn them in the pinball machine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then when you drain in the pinball machine, you're brought back up to the video. And the tunnels at the bottom are closed off until you die. <laughs> that sounds that sounds awesome. It's uh it's pretty horrific, you know, when you think about the context of this baby <laughs> that's thrust out into the world. Yeah, the yeah, are, yeah I guess uh, just set upon them. But then again, but, it's a it's a video game. It's a pinball machine. It's one of those things, or two of those yeah. things. It's it's both at yes. the same time. It's certainly a very interesting game. I just wish the difficulty like can tone down a little bit. Yes, and the adjustments for the operator are not uh, really very friendly. Like, there's not a way to spot a power pellet to start or anything like that. So, um, you really have to be good at both in order to do well. Um, so how many like how many like like how many like pinball pinball machines or tables like you currently own? I have. Uh, 14 at the moment. Wow. How do you find the space? <laughs> uh, I uh, took my garage and finished it. Ah. I have trouble finding space for all these PS2 games. <laughs> Those are easy. Build a shelf. <laughs> also, I do have shelves and also Master System games as well. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, Nick, I'm curious to hear your perspective. Like, I'm somebody who enjoys both pinball games and also video games. Uh, do you like any Vin? Do you like do you like playing like any like video uh, pinball games or do yeah. you, or do you like to stick to the stick to the uh, uh, the actual tables like as a purist? Well, um, if I have the option, I certainly prefer the physical machines. But um, let's say I'm on you know a trip or something, then um, you know the virtual pinball is a great way to tide me over. And uh, often you can use those to learn the rules to uh, some of these really complex modern machines um, where there are things that I played in the arcade and, you know, you're trying to get the highest score possible, but sometimes it's not incredibly obvious. Um, in older machines, typically the scoring options were painted on the play field, but uh, in later machines, really they change dynamically and you have to kind of know the tricks in order to get a high score. 
So um, in that way, virtual pinball is really helpful. Uh, you can also use it to test out, you know, the basics of a machine before you decide if you want to get one. Um, but again, if I have the option, I would prefer the, the physical one. Uh, do you like playing any like, you know, like, um, like original, like original video uh, pinball games, like ones like not based off tables? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I find all pinball pretty fascinating, uh, including virtual pinball, uh, even, you know, oddball, uh, Titles for like uh, the original Nintendo, the the original pinball uh, for Nintendo is is a pretty cool game. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. Uh, pinball Dreams. I played a lot of that on the Game Boy. Yeah, great um, game. And uh, you know other stuff like that. Uh, I think there's there's one for the PlayStation One that I can't remember the name of at the moment, but um, yeah, I've, I've played uh, quite a bit of that too. Yeah, I'd also recommend checking out like Midnight Magic, which is two for twenty six hundreds. That's a regular pinball game, also. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played that one yet. Um, Ferg told me it was uh, very very expensive. So, <laughs> well, there's always emulation. So, <laughs> right. Well, I guess that's true. Okay, <laughs> hear hear me out on this one. Sure. There's a game where you work on pinball machines. Pinball machine mechanic simulator twenty seventeen. What do you think? <laughs> I, I'd be into it. Okay. I mean, there's already Car Mechanic Simulator, so. Yep, there and is. And there's two of those, and I have both of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, so, bringing this back on the topic, like, a little bit more solidly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's your history? What's your history? What's your history? History, like, the Super NES? When did you first get it? Um, you know, what do you favorite games the system, et cetera? Sure. Um, well, I've always loved role-playing games. And um, in 1991, the Super Nintendo came out. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, and uh, I played Super Mario World over at an acquaintance's house. And uh, I was blown away at the time. Um, Just I mean, it was... <laughs> I I love Super Mario World. That's my favorite Mario game. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, just the graphical tricks and stuff are not as impressive today, of course, as they were then. But things like parallax scrolling and uh, um, the ability to do the Mode 7 stuff, it, it was it was pretty cool. Um, now, I've always been a PC gamer as well, and so, you know, some of those things had existed for years on the PC side. But um, having it on a console and having the increased fidelity and the, the graphics and the sound was really amazing. So uh, we didn't get a Super Nintendo until they started packing in Super Mario All-Stars, um, which I don't remember if that was the next year. I uh, think it was 93. It was two years after that. Okay. Um, and so we you know, played the heck out of all that and uh, got to play the Lost Levels. You know, that was our first experience with that. That was, Ooh, that was fun. That game's um, rough. George and I recently covered, I covered Super Mario All-Stars like the podcast. Yeah. So. I think you still have nightmares about it. <laughs> I have nightmares about other games we played. <laughs> uh, like this one, for example. <laughs> but, um, uh, I mean, not really. Um, we'll get well, into that later. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've always been an RPG you know, kind of fiend. So Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, uh, Robotrek, um, uh, Final Fantasy, of course. Final Fantasy 2 was 
amazing. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, I played Final Fantasy one and Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior um, <laughs> one through four. Um, and then uh, playing Final Fantasy two was insane. I mean, it was such a step above uh, what had come before. It was amazing. Um, but Dragon Warrior four is also very impressive for. Um, yes, it is. Yep. That's always my favorite of the series. Mine too. All right. Um, so uh, that's basically my history. I mean, I've, I've loved it, uh, collected it. And then eventually I sold all my super Nintendo stuff when uh, I picked up my uh, super Mario brothers pinball machine. Um, oh, wow. That was, uh, that's the newest machine that I own. And it's, uh, um, required me to sell all that stuff off. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of a rarish game, isn't it? Uh, they made, um, several thousand, but it's, uh, it's, it's a Gottlieb, uh, from 1992 and, uh, they were not as highly produced as the Williams at the time. Um, okay, great. Uh, so, like, so this game here we're talking about tonight, you know, like, do you, um, how did you come across this game? Like, what's your history with it? <laughs> well, um, what I would do is when the next console would come out, so in this case, the Nintendo 64. You bought games when they were cheap. I did. And what I would do is go to Blockbuster. And Blockbuster was a video chain here in the United States. And um, Blockbuster, <laughs> yeah. what's that? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I know for my show, I have a lot of people that listen from overseas. I don't know. You have some overseas listeners, yes. So, you know, that's always, it's always a good thing to mention. Yeah. Um, So uh, they would have these clearance racks. So as, as the new console came on, they would phase out the old one and sell off the games for like five bucks a piece. Um, And you didn't get a box. You didn't get a manual in most cases, um, but you got the game. And so, you know, five bucks, it was pretty well worth my time and money to go uh, check it out see what it was. And this was one that I hadn't heard of, Incantation, but I love uh, Wizards and Spells, you know, loving role-playing games like I do. So I thought I'd give it a shot. And it did not come with an instruction book nor the box, so I had no idea what I was getting into. Well, that's the way I played it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like an instruction book would have helped. Uh, I mean, it helps a little bit. Man. We'll talk about the, you know, we'll talk about like what the manual had later on, but you're really not missing all that much. <laughs> oh, okay. I've never seen one, so uh, I don't know. Well, there is um, the internet. Yes. Oh yep. yeah, that exists. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a new thing. Uh, came out about a few years ago. Um, it's really odd because people are tapping into my machine, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is this about maybe like about like around like, you know, 97, 98, like you bought the game then? Somewhere in that realm, yeah. And um, Nintendo 64 was kind of in, in full force and the PlayStation, of course. Well, and, PlayStation um, was the best. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I picked this up, Mega Man X2, you know, a bunch of other games um, at the time. And, uh, yeah, some were great and some were not. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That happens. Yep. Yep. It, yep. It does. I've done it. I've done it before. Um, Nick, you know, since you're also, uh, you and I sound a lot of like by a lot of areas because I also grew up like a big, like a big split my time equally between like PC and console gaming. So mm-hmm. you, 
like you'd be familiar with this, like, you know, walking to like a Walmart or a GameStop or whatnot and just being like, you know, seeing like, seeing like, see, you're, you're seeing like bargain price PC games for like, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks and oh, not yeah. really know anything about them. It's just, you can just like put it in the back of the box and be like, hmm, well, for five bucks, I guess I can't go wrong on this. But the, the problem and, is nowadays, if you find a bargain PC title, it's probably like shovelware or yeah. a game your mother would play. Oh, there were some there were some good games I picked up that way uh, back then and yeah. also some not so good games unfortunately. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, but you know if you get it for like 5 bucks and it's like whatever. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. like the uh, demo packs that Walmart used to have? Um you know on the $10 ones, uh Fault 1 and 2 came together like it was, it was like bundle pack and they also yeah. had it. Mm-hmm. You know, Free Space 1 and 2 and Yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All yeah, the gold those... box games. And... Oh, the gold box games are great. Yeah, yep. I kind of, I kind of wish I grew up in the time that you guys are talking about right now. Where there are some good things about it. Yes, <laughs> like, sure. In so. in the ancient past, I was <laughs> too. I was too. Uh, yeah, I was too young for some of this. Well, the good news is that you can play all these games like you know, almost perfectly these days. Oh still. yeah, yes. I, I have so, Fallout which... One and Two, and uh, so, even tactics. I mean... uh, you you couldn't do that at the time. No, no, no. <laughs> Which um, is why, yeah, you know, as a starving college student, I was always like trying to stretch out my limited funds, trying to get as much, you know, like bang my bucks I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, always buying you know, five dollar PC games. A lot of five dollar games, yeah, because like you know, you either you either can get you either can get three games for twenty bucks, or like you know maybe you know like one. To a new game like 40 bucks it was pretty much a no-brainer hey i mean i still do that today not with like <laughs> computer games but yeah i do that with like you know playstation games and stuff um nick by any chance do you still have this game or to to sort of sell it off the rest of your collection well incantation was actually uh the thing that fetched the most money um when i sold the collection now i sold all of my super nintendo stuff in one lot um so somebody got a screaming deal on it but um yeah, it, it turned out that this game was really valuable, which yes, I was incredibly surprised about. The price, yep, and the price had gone up even more than, like, more since than I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I sold it years ago. Like, we will talk about this like later on, later on the podcast. But this is, but this is definitely, this, but yeah, this game, this game, this game is unique for several reasons, and the price is and the price of one of them because this is definitely one of this is definitely one of the most expensive expensive Super NES games out there. So. I feel sorry for people who pay that price for it, but. <laughs> Well, you know how collectors are. They got to have everything. So. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. I collect and I don't. Okay, some some things I don't need. <laughs> um, do you remember your initial impressions of the game when you first got it, Nick? Did you get any fun out of it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there were certain aspects that I liked, and and actually, <laughs> I played through it up until the point that I couldn't play it anymore. The same as I did uh, when I first got it. Um, so. Uh, I did emulate it, but I did not use save states. And um, my initial impression was that you're controlling a very heavy brick (laughs) uh, or giant cardboard box that is full of bricks. Um, And uh, you have a wand, and you can shoot magic from it, which is neat, right? Um, I think that's usually what happens when you use wands, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, hopefully... Yeah. But uh, so what's neat about this game is, of course, you can um, get power ups, which kind of change the magic that you shoot from the wand. Um, there are also infuriating orbs that you can hit, uh, which will teleport you. 
uh, all over the stage. And so, you know, my initial impression was, oh, that's cool. It's kind of, you know, trying to trick you. And then the 80th time it happened, uh, <laughs> I was less when you excited about hit it. it. When you're trying to hit an yeah. enemy. We should mention um, briefly that this is a side-scrolling uh, platform game, uh, kind of in the vein of like Super Mario World, like a Mega Man. Right. Um, so there are there are there are total twelve uh, there are total twelve stages. Oh. Um, there uh, uh, the twelve stage like the boss fight, um, and the objective of each stage it's like you're trying to find these three. Uh, well, they look like wheat items. Yeah, they uh, look like pieces of wheat. Right. They do. They do. Yeah. You're trying to find three items, and you can't, um, you can't progress like the boss fight until you get like all three items. Correct. Uh, because there's a there's a there's a orc I think that 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 blocks I think the way. It's, it's supposed post. to be a, a troll. A troll. Okay. All right. Things inside a guard so, post, and yeah. yeah. So once you so once you find all three items, you can turn them in, face the boss, to go on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I feel like most of those bosses are a joke. We'll, well, yes. yes, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I will say the graphics are um, very pretty. The graphics uh, are amazing. That's definitely the best thing about this game. It has, yes. a, it has a very nice art style to it. Yes, yes that's that's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> like the uh, the guard, the troll guard that's sitting at that guard post, sits there and bored, uh, drums his fingers on the desktop. It's, right, it's uh, not like he's just standing there. Yeah, a flat sprite. Like, yeah, yeah, looking straight at you. You know, he he feels like he's actually a person. Yeah, or a living organism or whatever you. Well, want to call little, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, also on that note, there's also like little yeah, there's also like, yeah, there's also like little like cute animations that your own character does like every mm-hmm. now and then. Yeah, like, you get that impression also. Um, little flourishes. Yeah, right. uh, like for example, like we we'll do a very uh, uh, a Sonic thing when he's like to do with a cheater on the edge of a platform. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, it's very cute, but uh, um, so we hope this game is good graphics. Good graphics because this game came out very late, uh, very late. It's like my life cycle is super ass. That doesn't mean anything, though, Greg. Well, let's be honest. By this point in the by this point in the console, whether it's super NES, NES, PlayStation, what have you, you hope developers have been able to ring to have been able to figure out the hardware and can bring the best out of it. Um, and in some ways, I think this game succeeds. In you some can ways, only hope, Greg. But, um, because because uh, because we've not covered because as I said mentioned before we've not covered a game that came out the, the, the a game that came out this late yet. Um, this game was developed and published uh, by a small company, by small to my, to my small company uh, they called Titus. Um, Titus was a French based company uh, that was uh, that was around from 1985 to. to Set 2005. Uh, they also published Didn't they games. make that Superman game on the N64? I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made games for a bunch of computers, such as the Amiga, Amistad, Atari ST, Commodore 64, ZX Spectrum, uh, PC, Sega Master System, uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, PlayStation, Dreamcast, N64. Um, so, but most of their games are not very well known today. I mean, they had some good games. Uh, yes, some good games. Uh, they did a bunch of racing games. Uh, they did a virtual chess, uh, virtual chess sixty uh, four game, which is pretty good. Oh, boy. Um, uh, they, uh, but they, uh, and you know, most of those games are given positive reviews. But they were also known for they also known for making one of the worst video games of all time, um, which George already mentioned. I wouldn't say that's the worst video game of all time. I would put it on. 
I would put it on a list of top ten. It's it's really bad. What are the other games on that top ten list? Oh, uh, Dakutana for the PC. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the PC. No, 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 the N64 version is much worse. Oh yes. <laughs> um, there's a there's a uh, there's a there's a truck racing game. I can't think of, I, I can't think of the Big name. Big rigs off like, the road racing. It, it came out in Europe. Where the games don't complete that it actually like you know. You can actually drive through the actual graphics, and yeah, actually... that's that's big rigs. Last year, uh, Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb did a uh, speed run of it because he was one of the guys at GameSpot that did a review for it. So yeah, yeah, and 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 so and so so Titus already had a pretty a pretty negative like already had a pretty negative 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 reputation by the time this game came out to the Super NES Super ninety six. Superman of the Ancient Four didn't help him any, and one of the and and one of the last games that they came out with uh, a remake of RoboCop two thousand three pretty much to pretty much to pretty much thank the to pretty much thank the company uh, because to to, to to because how terrible how terrible that that game was. Um, uh, um, uh, they went bankrupt in the, the, the in two thousand five and their assets, their assets got bought out by Interplay. Uh, which also, which also has since. <laughs> well, in, in, Interplay did go bankrupt. They're still around today. They're still, yes. uh, uh, they're still, uh, they're pretty much, they're pretty much, in, they're pretty much in the same situation that Atari's in. They're like mm-hmm. a small ten person office. That pretty much, they're pretty much just handles publishing, yeah. publishing, and that's it. Um, so. so I wanted to ask: Didn't Acclaim go out of business in like two thousand five? About the same time, yeah, yeah. But acclaim, I, I feel acclaim did worse than Titus did. Well, acclaim probably has more games that are fond of you. Uh, you thought of thought of like more fondly these days than Titus does. Uh, like yeah, sure. yeah. But, but they um, so um, so this game was released worldwide in December in December ninety six. This is pretty late in Super NES's life cycle. Um, uh, Super Mario, uh, uh, uh sorry, uh. I think Mario RPG had already come out the system six months earlier, mm-hmm. uh, like the system, just to show you like how far things had come. Um, Nintendo, Nintendo published the Nintendo published our last game for the system, uh, like in mid '97, um, and the last game of the Super NES would come out uh, in '98, which was a port like a Frogger. So this is so this was this was one of the last games released released for the console, and the Super NES had been able to maintain its. Its market share pretty well by the mid '90s. Um, you know, against to against to against competing consoles like the like the Neo Geo and the and the 3DO and the 32X and whatnot. Because of games like Super Mario RPG and Donkey Kong Country and whatnot, that really pushed off the hardware and kind of expanded the limits of it. You also need to realize you're comparing it to consoles that were either overly expensive or piles of garbage. But it held up. Yeah, but I also would say the Super NES held up like. They had a, you had a pretty, uh, you, you, you had a pretty well with the PlayStation, like the last couple of years too. Uh, I mean, Nick, uh, Nick, can back me up on this. There are parts yeah, of, I, I there, will there back you up on that. There, there are parts of Crow Trigger that, that that look amazing. That look better than anything PlayStation had. You know, like that time period, especially oh, yeah. in the in the early, you know, the first couple of years exactly. of PlayStation. Right. Uh, developers were still finding their footing, and and was, mostly they were using so rough. <laughs> the expanded storage for. Just CD audio, which you know, woo! Big, because I didn't get a PlayStation. You say big deal, but you know, 
Well, when you're coming from the PC world, you know, yes. that, that kind of uh, polyphonic, you know, sound had been around for a long time in some form or other. If so, you had the right hardware, but. Yes. Well, and then when you had CD audio, I mean, CD drives were around right. for computers for quite some time before they were made consumer friendly enough for the PlayStation, you know. Exactly. So uh, it really wasn't earth shattering those first you know, the launch games for the PlayStation especially are like, eh, no big deal. Um, but at least to me, you know, I was... Uh, I happen to agree with you, but that's... But, you know, George has a different opinion about that. And so, I mean, the thing is, like, you can't really compare computers to consoles at that point in time because they were two different things. Well, but I did, you see, because it was it was a choice of spending my money on a computer game, right. which which may be you know way more advanced than a console game or a console game, right? But that's and that's the and that's figuring the out why. which one, yeah, which which one was the most fun, you know, which one had uh, was the most interesting was the deal, and so um, they're both gaming platforms, and and at the time they were very very different, um, so. Right, that's that's, right that's basically the reason why like can't really compare those. Whereas now you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's it's a pretty level playing field these days. <laughs> yes, it is for yes. the most part. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was still playing with Super NES quite heavily by '96 because, like you know, I did. I didn't even get a PlayStation, a PlayStation, 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 PlayStation the following year, on '97, and you know the game. Finally, the push me over the edge, right? Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, of I'm course, assuming. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I, uh, I followed in '98, I think, is when I got my PlayStation. So, <laughs> just but, wait. Uh, I think that uh, might have been the year I got mine. I, I was like in kindergarten in '99, so it's hard to remember those kinds of things. <laughs> uh, right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like you know, for a late game, like for a late game, uh. You know, I do have to. But, you know, I definitely, I definitely agree. I think the the this game's strongest point is like the graphics. These graphics really do look very like very late Super NES. They really take full advantage of, like the hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some very um, stages. The stages, the stages are well designed. I thought there's a lot of variety between stages. Um, like you know, like some you know, some stages like you're going sideways and something to other areas that are climbing up um you know there's some stages like where it's like snowing like somewhere it's raining some you know somewhere you have to like choose some choose something where you go into water you have the oxygen gauge um uh, yes i i will i will uh interject here and say that there are actually only about four different types of stages and they repeat just with different flourishes like that yeah. um and that's the flourishes are appreciated, but it's uh, it's kind of interesting when you go through the same area again. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition in this game, yes. yes. But but uh, uh, but the art style though does look very good. I think it does. It does. Uh, has a very like you know cutesy cartoonish look to it. I I thought just like you know uh, very nice small touches also. The, like your player character, you know the enemies also look like very sharp. Like very sharp, like well defined. Mm-hmm. I um, want to say that like cave area with all the faces. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Me out. Yeah. Stage three. That's a nice area. Um. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's a nice area, Craig. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, nice in terms of graphical, geographical. I thought design. they looked like skulls for a second. I was like, oh, okay. And then I realized they look like souls. And they yeah. were like all faces. And I'm like, uh, uh Nightmare Town USA? You didn't, you didn't like that? No. <laughs> That's creepy. So, like, so there really is no story in the game itself, which kind of surprised me. There's no cutscenes. There's, there's no text. Nothing. That's that's much. where I thought a manual would help. <laughs> the manual. The manual does Who explain. Needs a story. Well, the manual does give a. The manual does give a. To a, you know, a small plot, uh, which and since the game doesn't share the plot, I'll just share the highlights with you guys, like right here. You got to kill the bad guy who ta- took over the town. Not far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, your character is unnamed. Surprise, surprise. Um, you live in a place called the Magic Kingdom. Um, Disney? Uh, apparently, they took a, apparently they ripped Disney off. So who knew? Um, uh, for generations, this land for generations this land has ruled and protected uh, by a like by a line of magicians uh, who are the guardian of the Book of Sorcery, which holds the power. Uh, to maintain to, to maintain the peace like in the land, um, uh, suddenly one day, uh, like an evil lord, like a name like a necroman showed up, uh, stole the book of sorcery and, and kidnapped the guardian magician, um, and is taking over the kingdom. And it's your quest to, to it's your quest to make it to his uh, castle and defeat him to to recover the book and to free the wizard. So powerful guy did a bad thing. You must go kill him. Yada 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 yada. We've heard this. Yeah, we've heard this song dance before. Yes, <laughs> yes. Nobody said the game was creative, unfortunately. But <laughs> oh well. But yeah, like for a late game, I was surprised. I was surprised there was no, there's no text, there's no cutscenes, there's, there's there's yeah, no, there's nothing. There's nothing between stages even. It's just like you, <laughs> there's you only go. a message at the end of the game when you defeat the. That's it. Yeah. Or whatever. So it's like it's it's like it's like what the heck what the heck here? But yeah, there's no there's not even like some kind of like transition between stages, right? No, it's very it's quick. Just, yeah, it just, just it's very very quick. Clear, yeah, and then and you then, fade then into then the next. One. Yeah, right. So I mean, um, this game. So Nick, I don't know if you played a lot of European games like I have. Uh, this game has a very European feel to it. You can yeah, tell yeah. it was developed like in Europe. I I agree. I agree. Now, do you know? Uh, did your research turn up who the developer was actually? Uh, there's very little information on this game online. Surprise, surprise. Right. Um, so uh, everything I found said that Titus actually had developed it. Oh, okay. Maybe they had their own development team um, at the time. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Titus did publish like some publish some publish some games, but you know Titus also developed like a number of their own stuff. So oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Like, right. So um, my first impressions of the game is that it's a, kind of an interesting cross between like Mr. Nuts. Super Mario and Rayman. Uh, it kind of it kind of seems to incorporate elements and gameplay styles from all those games. Um, you know, just the fact that you know, like Nick said earlier, you, you, your weapon is a wand which you can upgrade. Um, pretty good weapon. Like it shoot, you know, it's pretty fast shooting. You know, has long range. So I, I never had any complaints about it. Um, there is a there is a health gauge, uh, and, and you also have like a certain number of lives when you health. When your health runs out, like you die, and you have to start. Thank God, there was a health gauge. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. also, thank God there was no time gauge. Can you imagine getting a time? Oh, oh man. no, <laughs> that would be that would be wicked. That'd be rough. <laughs> Super rough. 
be bad. So, but the, um, um, so you go through the game, just, just like we said, trying to find those three wheat items to allow you to advance like the boss. Um, and, uh, there's, um, there's some tricky platforming in some stages. Uh, some stages require some very pinpoint jumps to be able to advance. See, I'm so, not super good at platformers. So, yeah. Well, that actually brings me to, to my problem with this game. Um, I've played it a number of times, and I've never been able to progress past the beginning, the first jump of stage nine. Um, were you able to do that, Greg? Yes, I was. Okay, how did you do it? Because uh, I'd love to know. <laughs> there is that... Um, if it's a jump it's a little thing called cheat codes. <laughs> no, there, 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 there is a cheat menu in this game. We'll talk about that later on, but um, which I'm not sure you do know about Nick, but you're probably like would have considered to be a godsend. But um, if it's a jump, I'm thinking about Nick. There is a rising falling platform, uh, platform on the side of the screen. It has like a that has like one open eye to it. Yeah, um, can you get a hop on that too? You hop and have to climb up. Okay, well. My issue is that your box of bricks doesn't quite <laughs> make the jump, um, no matter how close to the edge I manage to get them. And in between, there's a troll that's throwing rocks down, um, and that jump that jump is just so far. I, I, there's also there's also certain items, certain items in the game in the game that you can jump on that are like a spring. It kind of gives yes. you like a to a higher jump up, and they look like. A, cyclones or tornadoes or something not uh, always they change they change looks depending upon where in the game you are right actually i think in stage two there's like a treasure chest yep. is one of them and um like and also and like and also the, the, uh like and also like and also some stages there's a um there's little there's little covered a covered orb like thing on the ground that marks the trigger uh the trigger that you can jump on so okay uh, it, it, like it does change as you go through um, I don't remember exactly exactly how it was, but I wasn't able to make that jump. Uh, you know, because I wasn't able to the game like after like like after like a few hours. I didn't find uh, this game to be too difficult. Yeah, it's it's not until you get right. there. I think the, um, the difficult parts of the game are the platforming for sure. Yes, and uh, yeah, that's funny. I mean, I've played up to that point probably thirty times in my life, and just each time I'm like, okay, this time I'm going to do it. And I have never been able, including this most recent attempt. <laughs> There's a very good long play of this game on YouTube, which I recommend checking out. Ah, oh, uh, the internet again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, got... is it just is it just me? But I I I had to make a few leaps of faith, and that did not. You do yes, you do in some areas. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I never really like well. games that I, 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 like games that require that. Because like, yeah, I'm not sure if I should do this. Or I not. can't see where I'm going, and I don't yeah. like the. Um, One thing that's important to note also is this game has limited continues. Yes, or, it does. Yep. Yeah. And so eventually you'll get to a game over screen, and it's pretty quick, actually. <laughs> so um, if you uh, play this on the real hardware or without save states, be ready to be frustrated. But if you know what you're doing, you can get this. But if you know what you're doing, like, you can get through this game very fast. Well, excuse um, me, Greg. Um, well, I wasn't able to get through this fast, George. I'm just saying that long play I just referenced on YouTube. I know, I'm kidding. That guy made it through the game like half an hour or something. Half an hour, exactly. Yeah. Wow. 30 minutes. Huh. You're hard to finish. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really didn't like the boss. The boss fights that much either. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. they have the same path. Uh, they have the same problem that Nick mentioned earlier, where it's like, you know, uh, you get the same style of boss repeated like three, four times uh, before going on to, 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 
says two people goes on a different kind of enemy. But they all pretty much have, but all the but all the bosses pretty much act the same way. Um, and they don't even really get faster. Um, they no, just, they just get harder. <laughs> yeah, you just have to hit them more times. Exactly. But there's no right. no feedback that you've really hurt them. You yep, know, seventy five percent or anything like in yep, most games. No hit point gauge. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, so you just keep flailing at them, and eventually they die. <laughs> right, yeah. and then you you dodge you dodge their simple attack. Yeah, <laughs> it's like keep shooting one projectile, and uh, two which is. Cases. Well, it's good that it's not more than that because your box of bricks doesn't jump very well. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, your guy does look very good at least. Like, I will say that. Yes. Sure. Uh, yes. But, yeah. So, I mean, and he's the most angry-looking 10-year-old kid I've ever seen. <laughs> I agree. Has <laughs> been pissed off the whole game? Well, I mean, there's an, ang- there's a, an evil wizard that made everything messed up. And you're the one who has to fix it. But all he did is take this book, right? Uh, has he used it against anybody? <laughs> uh, he used it to conquer the kingdom, so I guess oh, it's going to be used against right. people. Well, so I guess that's that probably a reason to be <laughs> pretty angry. Yeah, it's, that's probably good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I shoot for. Yeah, he looks angry in the game, and he also looks bored in the game. He's like, yes, oh. both. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When you're waiting, he just... That's it. Come but on, he's like, you know, like shooting the wand at, at enemies. He's like, he's like, yeah, whatever. Just, I wouldn't be surprised oh, yeah. if he actually started hitting the wands like at the screen, <laughs> and it made like a glass noise or whatever. Uh, but they, um, um, yeah. So, um, music. The, the music of the game is decent. I mean, it's nothing great, but some of the tunes are at least okay sounding. Yeah, the, um, the first one especially. I was like, huh, this. I'm in for a fun romp here. Uh, fun and, <laughs> and uh, I can imagine it, you sitting, sitting down in front of your computer. It's time for a fun romp. <laughs> well, this was this was in front of the black and white television. Um, oh God, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So, um, but yeah, it, it I enjoyed that at first, and then the nine thousandth time that it repeated the same <laughs> phrase with no pause in between, uh, I said, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the music I don't think does a very good job of really using the hardware that's on. It sounds very generic. It's yeah, like, it does. It, it just you know, it repeats too often. It's like something that's it, it, the whole the whole soundtrack of the game just seems just seems like something that somebody set down a keyboard and whooped out like ten minutes of work. <laughs> yeah. It's like two measures. Yeah, <laughs> um, so. yeah so it's okay for what it is, but something like great. So, but. Right. Uh, Sound effects also the same way. Nothing right about. Um, just like your, your, your typical. I actually found those like enemy death sounds annoying. <laughs> they do. Some of them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an angry cat. <laughs> yeah. That also sounds bored at the same time. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, there are some stages. Uh, there are some stages where trying to find that third feather can be a real pain in to a pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, the one uh, that's under or in the uh, soulscape where you have to teleport all over the place to find oh, it. Oh, yes. Um, there's, there's, that's why I don't like some platformers. <laughs> there's there's no stage where you have to climb all the way up to the top. But you yes. Have to, like jump over to the left and, and fall down behind a wall. Yep. To be able to reach a secret area to be able to get the... You know, that, uh, 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 so, yeah, just... 
just frustrating. But there's yes. an underwater level where you have to go to several a, underwater a dead levels, end. Actually, but yeah, well, yeah, no, my favorite one where you have to go to a dead end and pick it up and then yes. go back. Yeah. And there is a breath gauge yeah, uh, while you're underwater. It doesn't and... deplete that quickly, though. No, no, no. But, um, uh, one thing about the underwater sections is that uh, there are pill bugs, which are behind every single bush that is painted in the foreground. <laughs> and so if you aren't constantly holding down and pressing the fire button, then you'll get hit by one of those. It's right. a cheap hit. Uh, we didn't mention one last aspect of gameplay. Uh, like Super Mario World... Uh, well, like any Super Mario game, actually, uh, there are coins to pick up as you go through the stage. Um, if you get 100 coins in the course of a stage, uh, when you beat the stage, like you'll get an extra life. Mm-hmm. Uh, those coins do not carry over and do not get credit for like many partials. You have to have 100 coins uh, to be able to get that extra that, that extra man to finish the stage. Mm-hmm. And some stages I don't think have 100 coins. <laughs> it's like you're doing all this work trying to get coins for nothing. Well, so, that's pretty much the uh, modus operandi of this game here. <laughs> I'm not too crazy about collecting things in games. Well, you like collecting, you like, you like to collecting coins in Marvel games, George, don't you? I mean, I'm not crazy about it. Like, sure, why not? It's funny, Marvel but... games is fun, but yeah, you know. it, that's that's the thing. At least in Mario games, it's fun. Well, they also carry over, so just, like, you get credit for like you know partial coins, but uh, you know which would have been nice here. But, right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so overall, I think this is a, a competent, a competent enough platformer that really has kind of a half finished, half finished feel to it. It's like mm-hmm. there's the gem of a good idea here. I just think the game would have required more time and development. It feels like the game was pushed out half finished. Yeah. You know, I actually, to be honest, I didn't feel like it was half finished. I feel like they dragged it on too long. Was the issue? Dragged on like how? Like they put too many stages. Well, it's only well, it's only like you know, twelve stages. I mean, it's not that long. But they keep reusing assets. True, they do. If, yeah. If they cut it like, you know, halfway, I feel like it would be a little bit better. Something like that. But they kept reusing the same things, and it felt like it just kept going on and on and on. So. Yeah. You didn't like fighting that uh, giant yellow frog over and over <laughs> again. Mm. Uh, yeah i mean like you know like you know the game the game's the game's decent that the game's the game's a decent enough platformer game like i um i can't wait not hating it um it kind of reminded me about like eating chinese food like it's okay okay Okay. well it's okay like you know you're in the moment it's okay it's filling but you're hungry you're hungry you're hungry again like an Two and a half an hour later. So you're not eating the right kind of Chinese food, then. <laughs> but well, maybe I'm not. But <laughs> come over but, here. We'll we'll get you some good Chinese food. So I mean, <laughs> uh, like there had been more variety to the game. If there had been some extra weapons you could pick up and whatnot. Um, if there, you know, had been some cutscenes or cutscenes like some text every now and then. Um. <laughs> You know, small things. Small things could really have improved the game a lot. I thought. I think a smaller hitbox on the main character would have been yes, appreciated. That too. Yes. That's that that's why very I, helpful. Yes. Uh, I say he's like a uh, box full of bricks because that's essentially what he is as far as the hit detection goes. You're I'll just tell a you what, square. Though, there are times where I felt like the boss should have hit me, and the boss didn't. So, like, 
Yeah, hit maybe the maybe more. maybe the hitbox is smaller on the boss and it's bigger on you. But there are Could times be. where I felt like the boss should have hurt me, and then there are times that I felt that the hitbox was too big for the character. Hit detection was definitely an issue in this game. Yes. yes. Yeah. But um, so George overall. Uh, so what do you think of the game? Uh, you know, good things, bad things? Um, so, like, I'm not crazy on platformers. There's only, like, really a few that I'm into. And, I mean, you know, Super Mario Brothers is, like, the big one there. But, um, I, you know, I feel like this game's alright. Uh, like I said, it reuses assets, and I feel like the game's a little too long. But um, it looks nice. I want to say the music is decent, maybe a little bit better than decent. Um, it does become repetitive, though. You know, I, it just, I, I kind of like to rate it on what, what it's going for currently online. How much somebody could pick it up for. Well, we will get into pricing, pricing there in, like, in a moment. Right. Uh, but reviews of this game are all, they're all either in the negative to, to meh range. So yeah, see, I, I give it like a meh. Yeah, from both both like both like reviews in the game with brand new and reviews that have been published recently. The thing yeah. is, like, I'm kind of biased because, like I said, I'm not crazy about platformers. No, that's fair enough. And like you know, um, you know, platformers definitely, definitely, definitely an acquired taste. I think. I mean, like you know, yeah. uh, Nick and I are old enough to have grown up during the period where platformers like were huge and platformers were all over the place. So you had to. So, so if you didn't like platformers, you would live, you were cut off from a large portion of that console or that computer's hardware. Um, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, like uh, a software library. So, um, so, so I kind of feel like anybody from, like anybody of our age, 30s and 40s, really, really, really grew up playing a lot of platformers. It's like we have more appreciation for them. No. So, nowadays, platformers are few and far between. There are still some good platformers out there. Um, you know, Shovel Knight, for example, is awesome. But, um, you know, platformers definitely, definitely like their heyday. And this game came out of the heyday period, but it's not, but it's not a gem for sure. But, (laughs) (laughs) But. um, so, uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, what do you really like or like and dislike about the game? And, you know, how would you rate it, you know, like to overall? Well, I do really like the art style for the most part. Um, as We've all said, I mean, the, the characters and the backgrounds are very detailed and uh, vibrant with color, especially when you play it on a color TV. <laughs> that helps. Um, uh, the sound is uh, good, like say, you know, for the first uh, couple measures. And then when it starts repeating over and over and over again, then you start to worry. Um, the sounds of the wand firing are pretty good. Uh, the sounds of enemies dying, uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. But... Uh, um, other than that, uh, the gameplay itself is, uh, okay. You know, it's, it's a pretty middling platformer. I've played some bad platformers. Uh, the jumping mechanics in this are okay up until you get to stage nine. And, <laughs> uh, then apparently I hit my wall. Um, and, uh, other than that, the collect three wheat, uh, check marks, uh, is interesting. Um, Again, never really explained, but I understood it, you know, the first time it happened. Um, The teleporting across the level is an interesting gimmick. 
Uh, I feel like they overuse it, especially the blind um, shoot into the distance and then suddenly you're teleported somewhere. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, it's it's all right. Uh, it's definitely worth um, playing if you have some free time just to see what it's like. Um, but that said, it really irks me that I've never been able to finish it. <laughs> so um, well, I recommend going online, checking out the YouTube video. Then I guess I'll it, so. have to do that. No, I definitely um, second that. I mean, like, you know, this game, everybody should look at this game at least to see how pretty the graphics are because this game really, mm-hmm. really is one of the most graphically beautiful, beautiful Super NES games few I've ever seen. The end boss uh, looked pretty cool. Yes, he does. Unfortunately, there's not, unfortunately, the gimmick to him is, is, you know, is pretty, is pretty boring. Oh, that's a short battle. Yeah, there's not really, yeah, there's not really too much, there's not really too much like the fight. No. You just have to, like, you know, um, you punch at the ground every now and then. You just like run back and forth, so avoiding his hits, uh, shooting the enemies, and just shooting him when he can. Rinse and repeat. Not really too much to it, uh, oh. unfortunately. Did you guys figure out how long did it take you to figure out that you could slam your staff on the ground? Oh, that was like one of the first things I did. Yep, same here. <laughs> now, did you realize that it would open the path in uh, in the souls area? Nope. No, I did not. Yeah, that. Um, that took me a while because, of course, there's no indication that you're actually connecting with the floor. It makes the same noise that it does if you're in the grassy plain or in that soul's area. Yeah, yeah but there sure. are spots of the floor that you can knock your way through, which is good to know. <laughs> well, now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, I definitely have played worse, like, like worse platformers for sure. Um you know, I think this is a okay platform game. Like, if you like platform games, it's worth checking out. If you want mm-hmm. some gorgeous graphics in Super NES, like it's worth, you, you, it's worth checking out. Um, besides that, yeah, this game, yeah, this game is nothing really, nothing special to write home to. Definitely, you know, definitely for collectors only. So one thumb uh, up, one thumb down. Uh yeah. well, well, I can't even give it that. I, you know, I give them. Um, you know, like, you know, I give it a net rating, which I guess is like a half thumb. So, but <laughs> half a thumb? Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, you stop uh, working in the wood shop over there. Um. So there is a cheat menu. Uh, I like this game, which you can use to access a bunch of functions. Um, to get there on the entire screen, uh, you want to push uh, the shorter buttons R L L R R R L L L L. Then hit up, down, up, down. The screen will blink. Start the game. Flender in gameplay. Push X to bring up the cheat menu. The cheat menu must have been a debugging menu that they used. They used when they were making the game. It allows you to stage select. It allows you to adjust the number of lives. It allows you to hear the music and sound and sound effects like the game. So, yeah, it's worth checking out. I don't know. I always like sound testing games. Yeah, it's something you see, it's, it's, yeah, something you saw quite a lot of back, uh, back to this time period. A lot of mm-hmm. games, a lot of NES uh, and Super NES games had those, and then they kind of came out of uh, fade out of fashion after that point. Yeah, when I was a kid, I liked to play around with the uh, Street Fighter Two uh, sound sound test on the Genesis. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, so there are so there are several reasons this game is pretty is pretty obscure. If they, if anybody out there listening to this has actually heard this game tip this podcast, my hat's off to you because this is a pretty you know pretty like rare game. Um, 
you know, I said before, this this game came out late in the Super Nintendo life cycle. The PlayStation and the Saturn were both wars by the few by this time period. Um, so, um, so like, like people weren't paying paying much attention to the old sixteen bit systems anymore. Uh, Titus was a small was a small developer that had more presence in Europe than they did North America. They weren't very well known of. Uh, they were thought of at this time period. Um, so all that, the lowest factors combined, uh, made for a very small print run. So, so like as a result, this game is not the it's not the most expensive game I've covered. I covered I've covered so far on this podcast. Um, Wild Guns by Natsumi, uh, which I covered with a um, uh, which I covered with Mike from Two Dudes in the Yes podcast uh, quite quite a while back. Was more expensive, expensive, expensive to get a hold of than uh, uh, than this game. But the pricing of this game really, like, really is definitely up there. So let me give you guys an indication, like, of how, like, of how, like, how bad this is. I, I knew, like, I knew, I knew I was in for a shock when I went on eBay. And Should we play the guessing thing. game? Um, you can if you want to. Um, just let me set this up first. Okay. Um, the first thing I do is go on eBay and. It, can I see how many copies are currently being listed uh, before I, um, you know, before I go into the history to see, you see prices of the games that actually sold? Uh, because that basic, basic course, basic course, that's a huge distinction. You want to, uh, you want to look for games that actually sold, not ones that actually like you know were listed or finished or finished out selling, like or what have you. Right. So, um, so, um, so I went on eBay. Um, there were five copies listed. About five copies of this game listed on eBay at the time of the search, which was back on Wednesday. Uh, so, like you know, like mid March 2016. Uh, yeah, for the purposes of stamping this, stamping this like the record. Uh, one of them was POW, and this game, and this game, and this game is more common in POW in POW format because, like I said, Titus was based in Europe. Uh, platformer games are more popular in Europe than they were in North America. Mm-hmm. So, so, like the print run of this game was bigger. It was bigger in Europe than it was in uh, North America NTSC format. So, having said that, there are four copies of this game listed on eBay that were in NTSC, uh, you know, NTSC cut, uh, format. All these copies were complete, box, manual, and game. Okay. Guess how much? <clears throat> guess how much these sellers were asking? You were asking for? Uh, five hundred. Not a bad guess, Nick. Uh, I'd say seven fifty. You guys are right about the, the you, you guys are actually right about smack in the middle uh like the range of the range of prices being asked for. Oh wow. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Anywhere from four fifty to a thousand dollars. Oh man. What these guys are trying to get. Wow. So now the actual history now the actual selling history. Sixteen sixteen copies uh by the North American version sold uh uh uh, uh I sold in the last ninety days. Uh, Cart only, cheapest price. Uh, George, to make a guess. Uh, Cart only. Cart only. One fifty. Not bad, Nick. I'd say about two fifty. You guys are actually, you guys are actually, so you guys are actually like a bit on the high side, actually. Huh. Uh, hmm. Seventy bucks was cheapest copy I sold. Really? So wow. sounds bad as I thought. So, yeah. se- so 70, 70, to, uh, 70 bucks to, to like up to the $215. Wow. 
uh, labor cart to labor cart. Now, CIB, <laughs> this is where it gets pricey. CIB prices range to, to, to CIB copies sold anywhere from 310 to, four, to, to 310 to 440. Whoa. Wow. So the manual alone sold for 49 bucks. <laughs> that Just was to the guy that bought my copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> Whereas for Swords by comparison, PAL copies sold anywhere from like 10 to 10 to 50 bucks. Huh. Yeah, be, I mean, because it was more popular and common over there. Yes. So I mean, and, you look at it this way, uh, you want to buy a Sega Master System, cheap over there, about 80 to $100 over here in the U.S. I also think that's... Um, uh, I also think I also think another reason for that is that like that's not uh, like that the collecting like the, the, the collecting scene in Europe is, is, is not as big as it is in North America. I, I, think uh, I mean and, that's that's kind of a factor, yes, but also there were a lot of master systems that were sold. True over there, so so yeah. so yeah, like so yeah, CIB copies of this game sell for a pretty penny. Like I said, Wild Gun sells for more. But this game is definitely is, is definitely is definitely one of the more, uh, yeah, I'll hold up I'll hold up until I win the lottery uh, uh, kind of deals. <laughs> you're trying to complete the Super NES collection, so I mean, seventy bucks for a cart, maybe if you needed to finish a collection or, or whatnot. But I mean, I guess it's not too bad. But you know, like I said, can you imagine paying that much like this game? No, because I would it? not want to. <laughs> Um, I'm curious, Nick, if you don't mind sharing, uh, how much did you like sell this copy of the game for? Well, like I said, I sold it in a lot with all of my other games, some of which were also expensive oh, you at the sell time. Oh, like, individually, okay. No, no. Oh. So I sold the whole collection for 400 bucks, I think, at the time. Oh, wow. And that, wow. that included a system in like 60 games, wow. something like that. That's a lot a of which were <laughs> RPGs, yeah. So, and this was back in when? Uh, this was back in uh, 1932. I think. No, um, <laughs> Whoa. I was, uh, I think, four years ago. Wow! Oh wow! Price, and, prices, prices, yeah, prices in the system have really jumped since then. Yes, <laughs> I'm just kind of kicking yourself. I, I cry myself to sleep every yeah. night. That's no, why I only buy Super Famicom games that I can patch into <laughs> English now. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, these RPGs, especially. Those games always sell very well, so I mean, like you know, yeah. but they, uh, but uh, yeah, and like this game, this game's not available anywhere else. Gee, I wonder why. So, um, <laughs> you know, the only way to play it, like, you know, to play it if you want to, besides you know, outside of emulation, is actually pulling up the money like to get one to just like to get a card. You'd be so. insane to do that. Which, well, uh, you know, what's interesting is I think when I sold mine, that was one of the highest priced games that I had, and it was card only. And um, I think it was selling for more than $100 cart only at that time. So the price has come down cart only a bit since then. So that's, you know, that's what happens. You One day you buy a $70 Dreamcast game. The next it's only worth like, you know, 25 bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, we saw a somewhat, uh, a somewhat similar, uh, somewhat similar, uh, somewhat uh, a similar thing happened to, uh, happened Earthbound in the last couple of years. Not quite, mm-hmm. not quite that much of a decline, but right. that game for the longest time was, was unavailable on virtual console. Right. So Nintendo finally was able to get all the restrictions and finally, the, the, finally put the game on there. You saw a modest price drop, uh, like in the game. But I'd love to have a card of that game. 
I had one back. I had one back. I, I, I feel back in the day, but I, I don't now, unfortunately. You feel kind of <laughs> crabby about that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I only ever borrowed one from a friend. I never had one myself. <laughs> I've never, I've never touched a Earthbound card before. Yeah. Borrowed the whole box and the uh, guide and all that stuff. George? It was fun. George, have you played it at least? Oh yeah, I have it on my Wii U. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so yeah, this game is no Earthbound. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, it's a different genre. <laughs> First off, uh, could you so, imagine if they made an RPG out of this game? If they if they changed, if they, if they changed up quite a bit of things. Yeah, it could be a decent action RPG game. Sure. I was just kind of thinking that. I was, thinking, I was actually thinking of like a turn-based one, but all right. Well, either way, I mean, I think you could probably make a more compelling game, uh, possibly, than this. But... Well, the problem is there's no story. Yeah. Right, so right. how would you make well, an RPG out of it? Most of the RPG stories are pretty paper thin, too. I mean, Especially no... back in these days, yes. yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, things like Earthbound were the extreme outliers. Um, yes, Fantasy yes. Four also. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with with its constant uh, <laughs> deceptions, twists, and turns. Yes, um, but he yeah, did it I again. Mean, yeah, <laughs> this game, this game is definitely evidence as to why Titus is Titus is bankrupt and no longer and no longer around with us because uh, they started. Uh, I would say this game started them started them on a serious uh, serious downward slope, which would escalate with Superman and finish up with Robocop. So uh, this is. But so, he's a robo and he's a cop. <laughs> Both. Yes. But, so, At the same time. So, rest in peace, Titus. We at least have like this craptastic game to remember. <laughs> craptastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not. Yeah, that's not quite true. Yeah, it's it's a little better than craptastic. Yeah. Yep. But, so. it's, it's at least one step up. True. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. Um. So Nick, it was awesome to have you on the podcast talking about this get to talk about this game. Um, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you being able uh, being able to make time and being willing to spread your wings a little bit to come up a uh, to come up your pinball podcast to talk about a uh, you were talking about a console game. So uh, love to have you back in future time. Sure, uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, so where can folks find your podcast at? It's at foramusementonly.libsyn.com. Dot com, and uh, up until last week, I was actually putting out a daily episode, um, wow. and I hit three hundred and sixty-five, and then now it's bi-weekly. Oh wait, yeah, Ferg was talking about that like this podcast recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were doing that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's awesome. But uh, but uh, um, um, so uh, 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 so you're doing this like. Uh, so is your podcast uh, by itself, or are you part of any networks or like whatnot? Uh, you, you, um, you know, is the podcast family friendly? It it is family friendly. Um, uh, the pinball podcasts typically don't uh, aren't federated like uh, a lot of the video game podcasts okay. are, right. uh, which is which is kind of interesting. You know, when you think about it, because it's all it's a small community, like right. like the retro uh, video game community. So it's uh, mm. pretty interesting. So is your podcast like also available like an iTunes just to iTunes yes. Stitcher? iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Casts, uh, pretty much anywhere you okay. consume podcasts. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, if you have appreciation for old pinball games or 
Uh, if you're hearing out like you know obscure stuff like the bingo stuff he's covering, I, I, I you know, just really recommend checking out uh, Nick's podcast. You're definitely, um, you're definitely like you know like high quality, you high quality work, uh, like work he does on there. So thanks, Greg. I will. <laughs> Thank you very much, Greg. That's that's very nice of you. Um, lots of re- repair tips, restoration stuff, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, yep, definitely lost art. So. Uh, George, how can people like reach you? Well, I'm on Twitter. If you want to read my tweets that I don't type out a lot, <laughs> uh, I'm at Mr. Chief. That's at M-I-S-T-U-R-C-H-E-E-F. And um, you could also email me, uh, George at theboxfort.net. That is T H E B O X F O R T dot net. Uh, you know, and I also do a lot of other podcasts. Uh, Greg joins in with the PlayStation podcast, and that's uh, PlayStation Power. I also do Master System Masterpieces, which is a Sega Master System podcast. Uh, I'm on a not family-friendly VR podcast called VR Enclave. And I joined a new podcast recently. Uh, so I've been doing some volunteer video game reviews. Modern games, not retro games. But um, I am on the podcast that's called the One Up Gaming Podcast. Cool. Yeah. Yep, and we always welcome like you know combats, your comments, feedback, suggestions, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can reach me uh, through our Facebook page. Uh, you can also reach me uh, through email at the SNES Podcasts at yahoo.com. Uh, we're available on iTunes, so please check us out there and give us a rating review. I'm trying to get the podcast back on Stitcher. Uh, having uh, having a couple difficulties, a couple difficulties with that, so please bear with me. Um, and um, and uh, and. Uh, and also, uh, we have a contest winner to announce. Um, this is the last episode that was sponsored. Uh, that was sponsored. Uh, as you may know, we were sponsored for about three to a period of three months, uh, like by Jerry, uh, like who makes the Jerry Rig, which is a uh, emulation slash slash media streaming device. Uh, Jerry was very great to support us uh, back here on the podcast, and it's been wonderful working with him. Uh, so this, this, this is like this last podcast that's going to be featuring like his bumper. Um, Jerry may be joining us again in the future on uh, to guest host like another podcast, um, which I'm uh, which I'm trying to hammer the to hammer the to hammer the hammer the to hammer out the details on. Uh, but as I announced early back in December when the sponsorship started, and also as Jerry himself said when, when he was on the podcast recently, uh, he was doing a contest um, where if you would like. Uh, where if you liked this uh, Super NES podcast on Facebook and also send a tweet, uh, your name will be entered into a pool to be able to win a Dre Rig device. Um, and we are going to announce the winner uh, on this podcast since this, is, uh, uh, since, uh, since this is the end of the, the, end of the sponsorship. So uh, I've asked George to go over to ram.org uh, to be ready to give me, said to be ready to give me a number. Um, and you know, match a number to a list I have here in front of me, and that person, and that, and that person, might be the winner. So, George, are, um, are you ready to give me a number? Yes, the number is one. Number one, 
Uh, congratulations to Eric Purcell. Woo! <laughs> I know that guy. Yes, we all know Eric. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, uh, Eric, I will um, uh, I will contact you on Facebook um, after this after this after after this episode uh, posts, um, and we will get you and we'll hand out the details. You'll need to get you like a free device. So, uh, thank you everybody for. Uh, you enter the contest so um yes thank you next time super Mario's podcast we're going back to their very popular uh their very popular game um uh we are uh we're going to be looking at uh another like another port of another port of another popular uh, another popular game that came over you know came over they came over like the super nes um which I've not spent a lot of time with. So this, uh, like this, you know, despite being like a big fan of the series, uh, the, the series as a whole. So this will be interesting. Um, uh, we do, uh, we do like to try to keep a, a balanced, uh, a balanced mix, a mix on the podcast of, of both popular games and obscure games. And since, and since, it, and since we just covered obscure game in this podcast, it's time to go, you know, it's time to go back to kind of, kind of go back you know, the other way. Although, although I don't, although I don't know how many people played this version of the game on Super NES. Uh, probably not that many. I suspect. I'd be, be, be interesting. Be, be, be interesting. Be interesting. We start doing research. Research on it. Um, and see if I can find out. But they, um, um, George. Uh, so, what game are we covering next time? Uh, Gradius three. Uh, Ooh. Eventually, yes. We are still going to. Uh, we are still. Uh, we are still. We are still playing that joint. Uh, Super NES PlayStation PlayStation uh, po- uh, uh, podcast episode coming up, but. Not quite yet. Man, I thought you were going to skip this one. All right. <laughs> Tell the nice people what it is. Well, I asked you to do that. Well, maybe I don't want to tell them. Uh. <laughs> like, is you have to show up with on a regular basis on here? <laughs> What's up? Uh, just have to put up, like, you know, like, you, you know, like, a, you know, chumps like this, like, on a regular basis. But. Sure. Um. We are going to be looking at the Super NES port of Civilization. Right, that's the game. Right, which had to be very interesting. Yes, yeah, I mean we 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 that. recently did Populous. Yes. So yep. this is going to be an interesting look at the version of Civilization for SNES. Yes, uh, I I only played this a little bit, so I'm looking forward to spending some time on it and seeing um, and seeing how you and seeing how the conversion was made. So. Um, so uh, once again, I want to thank um, uh, Nick very much for being on the podcast with us. Uh, you know, it was a pleasure to have you on here, sir. Well, thank you all very much for having me. Um, and George, thank you again for podcast with me. You uh, as always. You dragged me into doing these things. Hey, you volunteer, <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, yes, yes. Um, and uh, finally, uh, we want to do something special for the 50th. So episode fifty, which is coming up like pretty soon. Dance party. <laughs> so, if you have any ideas, suggestions, comments about that, I just gave you one. Uh, uh, I, I meant at least somewhat SNES related, please. You can't uh, dance around an SNES. Well, I suppose you could, but you're looking to ass like doing it. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we're gonna have something. So, we're gonna have something special planned for that episode. Um, if you have any ideas, suggestions, whatever, please shoot them over. Um, you know, things are still pretty much up in the air at this point. So, um, thank you again, everybody out there for listening. 
uh, to the podcast as always. Sports, sports, very much appreciate it. And take care, all. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.